This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Oh, wait, you're listening. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <coughs> you're listening, listening to Radio Lab. Radio Lab. Shorts! <laughs> From WNYC. See? Yes. And NPR. Hi. Could you guys hear us? Uh, we are, I think our mics are on, but the gear is not on for some reason. Except for the, the guitar amp. Is on. Hey, everybody. Jad here. This is Radio Lab, the podcast. Good morning, everyone. Okay, so we have just released our latest season of shows. To the radio, I mean. It's already out on the podcast. But right now, across the country on NPR stations, our latest season of shows is airing, and we wanted to celebrate. So last week we had an event, which we want to play for you uh, in this podcast, at this little patch of sand across the East River called the Water Taxi Beach. It's really cool. You can sit on sand and eat hot dogs and drink beer and pretend you're on the beach, but the skyscrapers are right there. Quite surreal. In any case, it was sort of a crappy day, weather-wise, so we didn't get too lucky on that account. But we were lucky to have a couple hundred people in the audience, and they might be giants. The music group, on stage with us. Now, for whatever reason, They Might Be Giants has decided, you know, after a bazillion records, a bunch of hits, that they want to make a record for kids about science. We thought, well, science, I mean... Come on. That's what we do. Go ahead and talk. Oh, there we are. Sort of. Well, then we want to welcome everybody who braved the the clouds and the potential of downpour, which there hasn't been yet and probably won't be. No chance. Uh, So we we decided to, uh, here's the deal. This is the beginning of our fifth? Sixth. Sixth season uh, at Radiolab. So we're going to be beginning right now. Uh, last week was the first one, this Friday's the second exactly. one. But when we were trying to figure out how to do this, we realized that while we have been like the science people... You know, at this point, we, uh, we're, kind of, we're kind of pros. Really. We're kind of pros. You know, we're like yeah. old hats. So then we heard that there were these musicians that decided to do, like, they have an album science. called... Yeah, Here Comes Science. Never mind that here already is science. So right we d- Yeah, so we thought we would invite them just to check them out and maybe put them through the... Because we know so much and they apparently know so little. Yeah. So that was the thought we had. Uh, they're called uh, They Might Be Giants. A tentative which, uh, title. Yeah. And what, uh, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? My name is John Flansburg. This is Mr. Marty Beller on the drums, ladies and gentlemen. Marty. I'm John Linnell over here. Did yeah. you guys introduce yourselves, by the way? Uh, maybe we didn't. No, we didn't. Jad. Robert. So, like, how did you, uh, how did you kind of wander over into this territory? I was going to ask you that. I'm not sure that we ever decided. It was more of a calling, really. You know, we were called. <laughs> Can I give you the same answer? Can no. Because no, eventually that will be true for us. Well, we have a long, hist- or a long history in doing fact-based songs. So um, that was probably the thing that made us think that it was a natural leap um, to actually doing 
you know, tackling some more serious scientific stuff. This is serious scientific stuff, I Super think. Super heavy. Super <laughs> heavy. Uh, could you just play one? I don't just sure. start. Yeah. Do you want to set it up, though? Yeah, say what? Do you want to set, set up the song yeah, what are you that we're going to hear? Uh, this song is about evolution, and it's called My Brother the Ape. Okay. All right. Well, I got the invitation that you sent to everyone, and I told you family picnics weren't exactly my idea of fun. You replied that everyone but me said they were going to come, which is how you talked me into going to the reunion. When you said everyone, you really meant it. My brother, the They Might Be Giants playing My Brother the Ape off their latest CD, Here Comes Science. I have to confess, we actually played you that song from their album, not from the live performance, because we had some technical difficulties with that song in the recording. So just on that song, we're going to go with the album version. Henceforth, everything will be live. And I don't know if you caught the lyrics, but it's a song about a family reunion where everybody is invited, including you, your brother the ape 
your sister the cow, and this brotherly sisterliness caused Robert and I, as true masters of science, well, to wonder. <laughs> if you're doing like the science, then, then we could call attention to, um, wh wh why should I, I mean, there's a guy in this audience, I think, uh, who's, uh, who's a science teacher at a high school here in New York, and he wrote us a little note, and I just, you know, it's not like I want to, you know, but... Publicly again, embarrass us? Yeah. <laughs> um, he says, you know, in science textbooks, the closest that any author gets to a human family relationship is to call the apes cousins. Now, I don't want to bore you with the subtleties of cladistics. Cladistics, by the way, is a sort of biological system of uh, representing ancestry. Yeah. So our ancestors have been separated from other apes for four million years. Most likely, the only brother we could claim would be a bipedal standing ape called the Neanderthal. But an ape... Well, let me ask you... Hold on, giants. my helicopter's coming. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you, did you... When you say my brother, the ape, did you mean brother in a cladistic sense? Or was it more in the kind of brother with an A my kind of sense? very familiar, uh, close associate, the ape. Well, I guess it's, I mean, in some ways, Robert, you, you actually, um, I think at one point in the letter, it's, it's specified that we humans are, in, in fact, also apes. So it wouldn't be correct to say my brother. In fact, you could say myself, the ape. You could say not, not be incorrect. That's scientifically. True. Huh. But did you ever? Did you and ever? In some cases, more accurate. <laughs> Interesting retort, giants. Did but also, I've got a question about. <laughs> I've got a, a small technical note about yeah. the letter where he says four. It's four million, like it's a long time. Long. But time. as everyone who knows who's ever seen a film strip, in science, four million years is a very short time. Right. Unless okay. you're watching a film strip for those four million years. Yes. Wait, wait a second. I'm starting to feel like we're uh, we're losing this little situation here, Robert. Well, uh, then let me let me just get tougher still, or let keep, let keep Aaron your ponies in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> this high school science teacher writes: It might be cozy to believe that we're similar to every other living thing, but we're incredibly different, distant from moss. So distant, it's difficult to find connections unless you look really, really closely. In fact, I could argue. A, a dehydrated rotifer in suspended animation has more in common with a rock, says Aaron Sand, than with a human. So what he's questioning here is just how careful, like, do you have a science uh, guy? I mean, a science guy? Yeah, we, we actually brought in a, a consultant to basically fact check the stuff that we were doing. And he, he was, it was very helpful, and, and, uh, and uh, he was very supportive. <laughs> what was his What was his name? And, and his name was Eric Siegel. He's actually uh, the director of the uh, uh, New York Hall of Science in in Queens. Oh, uh, yeah, so you're calling in pedigree. So and how did, did that yeah. work? Did you yeah, did, did you play he, the music uh, and then uh, to the it internet? We, uh, oh, you we, never met Eric. I've never, I've never met him. So no. he could be the guy who wrote the book about love from in 1960s. Wasn't there an Eric Siegel who wrote uh, Oh, love story, love, love story. story. Yeah. yeah. I think that was you spelled differently. I spelled differently. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. E, e R I C H. So yeah. you really had to fact check your songs? Yeah, yeah. Was there any moment? 14th album, first time fact check. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of a new experience for rock and roll. Is this yeah, fact it's technically against the rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you feel a little less rocking? Well, having to be fact you know, in rock music, you know, you sometimes songs have premises like there's going to be a jailbreak somewhere in this town. <laughs> And you're think some, when you hear a song like that, you think, maybe that should have been fact-checked. <laughs> well, I mean, the jailbreak is going to be 
near the jail or in the jail. <laughs> you know. Ah, great well, song. So so crazy we're, words. We're was Eric no really, facts. Was Eric really easy? Do you think? Well, you know, he's got a he's got a strong liberal arts background, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, did he ever like? Apparently, he let uh, he let this my brother the ape thing through. So who fact checks the fact check? Well, well, <laughs> well. I mean, there was there was there was one experience um, uh, where we were, we were doing the song "Why Does the Sun Shine," which is a song that we recorded many years ago. It's actually one of the very first science-based songs that we did, and um, it was a cover from the fifties, and. Uh, that song is no longer factually correct. Wait, can we, before we oh. defactify it, can we hear it? Yes. Um, uh, can you please... You got the setup? Okay. Uh, I think it... I think it would go something like I this. I think it would go something like this. <laughs> the sun is a mass of incandescent gas, a gigantic nuclear furnace. Where hydrogen is built into helium At a temperature of millions of degrees Yo-ho, it's hot The sun is not a place where we could live But here on Earth there'd be no life Without the light it gives We need its light We need its heat We need its energy Without the sun, without a doubt, there'd be no you and me. The sun is a mass of incandescent gas, a gigantic nuclear furnace, where hydrogen is built into helium at a temperature of millions of degrees. The sun is hot. The sun is so hot that everything on it is a gas. Aluminum, copper, iron, and many others. The sun is large. If the sun were hollow, a million Earths would fit inside. And yet, the sun is only a middle-sized star. The sun is far away. It's about 93 million miles away. And that's That's why it looks so small. But... But even when it's out of sight, the sun shines night and day. We need its heat, we need its light, the sunlight that we see. The sunlight comes from our own sun's atomic energy. Scientists have found that the sun is a huge atom-smashing machine. The heat and light of the sun are caused by the nuclear reactions between uh, sand, (laughs) fake palm trees with neon lights in them, uh, helicopters that are flying too low, and helium. The sun is a mass of incandescent gas, a gigantic nuclear furnace, where hydrogen is built into helium at a temperature of millions of degrees. Thank you. A beautiful song, no doubt, based on an Irish folk song, but 
the publishing still comes through for the original authors. Where'd you get the uh, the, the text? And the text like is, uh, I, I believe it's either from the Collier's Encyclopedia or the Golden Book Encyclopedia. I'm sure that information is available Literally online. Literally, word for word, from the... Well, the opening lines of the song, which sort of don't... Uh, I, I, is the word scansion? They, they, do, they don't have any metric. The sun is a massive incandescent gas, a gigantic nuclear furnace, where hydrogen is built into helium at a temperature of millions of degrees, is the opening... Yeah. paragraph describing the sun in the encyclopedia and um, most of the song is actually pretty much factually correct it turns out which and part is wrong uh, in the part where John was talking about sand that was wrong <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um, in the spoken word part right there uh, it lists the, what the sun is composed of and basically it's evidently the sun is composed of like two things and not much else and it's a long list of things that are very marginal and that was one thing that Eric pointed out we actually had fit completely re-recorded the song confident that after 15 years of performing in front of drunks that this song was actually factually fine. Um, and that uh, seems, I mean, that seems... Uh, less that is like an assumption. <laughs> Tonight there's going to be a jailbreak, my friend, <laughs> somewhere near this town. But, so, but, but just so I understand what was wrong with that song that you just sang, it's the part that he didn't well, say. Th- th- no, well, he there was one other major problem with the song, which has actually only came to light after the song was written, which is that the sun is, in fact, not a mass of incandescent gas. Uh-oh. That, that, uh, was, the, that was the real problem. Well, it was uh. assumed, you know, this is like many things in science, which is that it's an ever-changing, ever-evolving world. Wait, and the, the, theories sun, change. the sun is not gas? The, the sun is, is plasma. Is in the the sun is a mass of incandescent plasma. Is that the? Yeah, uh, uh, it, it could it could have been that. So, what did you just change? Did you just change the word? Well, we actually. Um, We'd already finished the video, so it was too late. <laughs> uh, and the video was really good, and it was made by this, this crazy, wonderful uh, animator in, in Canada. And she actually makes everything like on her, like it's totally handmade. Mm-hmm. So basically, she would just start, she would be crying for three Wait, months. Why did she have animated gas? And yeah, no, like, no, no, it's just, it was, it's like beautiful puppets and stuff. It was personal. So we wanted to save, we wanted to save that project. So we actually, we just fixed up the, l- the little bit of the lyrics that we could to make it slightly more accurate. And then we did what, um, in, the, in the proud tradition of country western acts, we actually did an answer song to our <laughs> own song. But before we get to the answer song, what little changes could you make to a real bopper? Like the sun is not a mass of incandescent. Gas. I mean, you could either put not, or you could find something to know. rhyme with plasma. What else is there but my uh, as asthma? Miasma. I say miasma. Casbah. Casbah. A sun is a casbah well, of incandescent. The, the song, the song that we came up with, which was prompted by a recording engineer who was actually just listening to us having a free-range, you know, grumble session about this whole dilemma, is he said, "Why don't you just write a song called the sun is a miasma of incandescent plasma?" He just said that. Whoa. He just said that. He's really smart. Oh. Wow. He says stuff like that. Is he a scientist? He's a Berkeley mu- College music grad. Yeah. He's got perfect pitch. It's very <laughs> that intimidating. That explains everything, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's you write an answer song. So we've written an answer song to ourselves. That's just kind of a way to redeem ourselves within the scientific community to show that we're not just like sloughing off the facts, but also not losing, you know... So for those of us who are not entirely familiar with the concept of answer song, an answer song is where you say, you stupid, stupid, stupid person who is also singing this song right now, you were wrong then and now let me set it right, amen, kind of thing? You must be listening to more rap answer songs than... (laughs) I was going to say that's more like in the Roxanne, Roxanne kind of... Yeah. This isn't about like a beef. 
oh, okay. that we have with ourselves. Well, it, it, it sounds like it is in a way because you not, have a beef with your former selves. It's, it's like an east-west plasma... <laughs> gas. Pla- feud. Gas. That whole gas. Well, maybe we thing. should hear your sure, answer sure. song. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'd say what. Ready, fellas? with becoming haters here right. at this <laughs> performance. But what kind of a song would finish with forget that song, plasma, exclamation point, they got it wrong, that thesis has been rendered invalid? What? Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we get the publishing on the second, on the second right, song. Right, so we're really pushing it yeah, hard. Yeah, We got a problem yeah, with that other you know song. What, you know, my thing is, though, okay, and this is perhaps an appropriate question to ask on a sunless, sunless day as, such as this, but... I'm not sure I really understand the sun any better now. Oh, you understand it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is a... Well, I didn't even know what plasma was when we started writing Like, what is song. miasma? What does that mean? A miasma yeah, is like a fog with a slightly noxious quality. You only know that because you looked it up earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not really nice, you know. With a slightly, <laughs> with a slightly noxious quality. Oh uh, yeah, that. I didn't know yeah. about that either. Apparently, it's something like a toxin. Oh, I thought right. it was. I thought it was just like a sort yeah, of a like mess. A mess. Right. Yeah. No, it's apparently in, in a other mess words, with the, the new song is just yeah. as just as completely misguided yes. as the <laughs> as the original. It's not uh, a miasma of anything. So it's it's a fourth state of this is like but it's the fourth know, state of matter is is correct that yeah, part is fourth correct. state of matter not gas that's the first state not liquid not solid so it's something else it's like a fourth one yes so that's the answer but what is the fourth state well I, plasma I, I can I can give you a, a little quick uh, explanation uh, solid the the molecules are are packed tight they don't move yeah liquid they they over there they Kinda swim like around slippery, yeah a gas they're moving woo, very woo. freely yeah. and with the plasma apparently. They're they're so free that the electrons have been cut loose from the from the nucleus, and that's what makes. Oh, so it it's a, like a gas on steroids. It's a gas on steroids. No, that okay. does nothing for me. No. 
the thing, the, I guess the, the truth is the song, The Sun is a Massive Incandescent Gas, was not incorrect by, you know, the scientific standards of 1960 when it was written. Right. It's just as we learn more, right. our, our theories and ideas have to evolve. But in making fact-based rock and roll, you are then you're stepping into this sort of scientific revisioning that happens. So you're going to have to keep doing this. There's going to be a fourth answer song yep. yeah. and a fifth one. Yep. Yeah, don't do a song about Pluto. You did do a we song did about Pluto. We did do a song, do a song about, Pluto. about Pluto. Yeah, actually. It also has a question mark in the title. <laughs> yeah. Well, we wrote, we wrote, there's a song on the science record that, that enumerates the planets, uh, but it doesn't actually commit to whether Pluto is or isn't a, a planet. Right. See, that's what you can do. You can say, and other stuff. In a lot of lives, you, you can like finish the sentence. That we can't say, and other stuff. But even when we think we've got it right, you want to tell them? Yeah, we, uh, we have, uh, just so that we can, you know, play both sides for a second. We had a, a situation in our current season. Um, I don't know if anyone here has heard the Stochasticity Show. Okay, well, there's a moment in the Stochasticity Show. Just to give context, we were, we were exploring... Stochasticity is a wonderfully Latinate word that essentially means chaos, randomness. And so we were exploring the chaos and randomness in biology and in cells and in genes. Because apparently, if you look at genes... They're incredibly noisy and chaotic little things, and you expect them to be very ordered. Because and we're ordered. We right. wake up in the morning, our hearts beat regularly, our brains function, you know, if we're healthy, more or less, in, the, in a predictable way. We so. wake up at the same time yeah. most days, and we go to sleep at the same time. So up here, we're very ordered, but down there, it's quite noisy. So the question is, how do you go from noisy bottom to ordered top? And we put that question to a very smart uh, science reporter, uh, Carl Zimmer. And he said, actually, what may happen is the body engineers its own noise filters. And I thought, filters? Oh, my God, I could do something with that. I could call a friend. We could do a whole filter demonstration. So this is what resulted in, and I played this very thing you're about to hear. It's just four minutes to Carl Zimmer in the studio just to make sure it was scientifically accurate. And uh, this is what happened. I'll just give you an example <coughs> from my world. And this is the honest to God's truth. I have a friend. <laughs> Named Little Wing Lee. Hey, Little Wing. Hello, Dad. Tell me what you're holding in your hands there. In my hands, I have two audio tapes. And Little Wing just recently called me up. She said, I've got these two cassette tapes. They're really old. I think they were made in the 70s. My mom found um, them in her attic, my and they're of my grandmother. One's labeled Mima Sings. Singing. Singing old slave songs and old hymns. Now, Little Wing's grandmother died last year. She was 99 years old. Wow. <laughs> And they were really close. Yeah, very close. They used to call me Little Mima when I was a kid. So she's got these tapes. She wants to hear them. The problem is if you put it on for more than three minutes, you get annoyed. And there's that weird, like... It's too noisy. She wanted to know if I could do something about it. So real quick, here's what I did. I put it into a computer, launched an EQ program, found the bass noisiness, which was around 600 hertz, dialed that down. Like so. Then I found the high hiss frequencies, which are around 2,000 hertz. Dialed that down. Ah, now, as a final step, I just kind of located the voice around 1,000 hertz and dialed it up. Okay, so it's not a flawless process. I mean, now she sounds like she's coming out of a well. But for the first time, you can hear her voice. I don't know. This is the first time I'm hearing this song. But it seems like she's describing the night that my grandfather passed away, talking about the doctors telling her that my grandfather has passed, 
And then she's describing putting a fern in his hand, and she said it should be a rose. It was the end, and goodbye. The thing that's applicable here is that we started with this, and then just by bringing certain frequencies down and others up, we ended up with this. I This might be how it is in the body, that you've got this noise all the way in the bottom, these genetic circuits which are spitting out messiness. But somehow just on top of that are other genetic circuits which are cleaning it all up, giving it a shape. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> is that not right? Not quite. Damn it. Science. <laughs> <laughs> Literally what happened is we played that piece to Carl and he, he didn't quite, <laughs> we did that later, but he was sort of like, well, it's not really that way. And we looked at each other with an absolute terror because I'd spent three days working on this. And it turned out to be completely wrong. So then we said, well, all right, what are we going to do? So we just, we'll, we'll run the problem and then do our answer song. And yeah. that's pretty much what we did. So we said, it's okay, so to close the performance, we thought we would uh, spring one on They Might Be Giants. You know, to see if we can catch them off guard. Because we have musicians here, we were kind of curious. Do you guys take requests? Yeah. The one, we can play the songs that we know how to play. <laughs> well, because well, we have a line. We have a line that we just thought, I mean, one of the problems about doing this for a living is you, gotta, you can't just do the science. You've got to kind of give it beats and kind of make it sing. And we thought we would, we would go look for certain phrases that are so dense that they almost defy beats, defy musicality. So we're going to show you. What a you. perfect invitation for a song. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jed, you want to read this phrase? Uh, sure. It's, yeah. uh, we were wondering if this could be mus musicified in any way. Quantum decoupling transition in a one-dimensional Feshbach resonant superfluid. Quantum decoupling transition in a one-dimensional Feshbach resonant superfluid. So we thought we were thinking like a quantum decoupling. It sounds kind of like a, maybe a breakup song. Thing. Here. Yeah. <laughs> So it's you could there are uh, dramatic possibilities. You could get sad, you know. Quantum decoupling. Something Do you need to hold it for you while you? No, play? I got it. I got, you got it. it. I got it. You guys ready? Hey, Marty Beller, you want to help us help us out stare, here? Stare at me. Stare at me. Ready? <laughs> Quantum decoupling transition in one dimensional flashback resonant superfluid. Wow. That is kind of the, the beatnik, the beatnik yeah. approach. What if it were sad? Sad. You want sad? Yeah. yeah. What if it were like a breakup we song? Yeah, it's a, a breakup. It's decoupling. If it's quantum decoupling transition into a one-dimensional feshback. Guys, guys, guys. Hit, hit me with some sad. What if it were like, what if you were to kind of emphasize <laughs> the... Uh, wait, wait, that was good. That was pretty amazing. Bring the beat back. <laughs> what about the quantum? Like it's neither here, it's nor there, it's just probability. What about that? Could you do something that's quantum? Sean, here. You want, you want to do this one, John? <laughs> okay, that, that means you guys have to I'll provide the actual it, music. Quantum! 
I'm waiting for Jad to go, yeah, but what if it was... What about fluid? <laughs> no, forget it. You know, I thought we worked pretty fast before yeah, I realized yeah, we could now. actually... We've been wasting a lot of time. All right, so, okay, let's just, let's just bring, it, bring it down to sort of respectable dialogue again. Um, <laughs> now that you've wandered into this, this uh, thorny, thorny neighborhood of science, I'm just curious, like, how has that been for you? Writing songs about things that are completely outside ourselves is actually very fascinating. Um, I think we were a little bit nervous that we were going to be sort of stirring the pot on the f in the fact check department, mm -hmm. and uh, and that's a p uh, from the uh, YouTube comments that we received so far. I think we'll be uh, moving over to Friendster now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any red state moments? Oh, I'm just curious. I mean, evolution this, as being a well, know. there are songs about evolution. We we acknowledge that evolution evolution is, and um, that's a problem for some people. We should, uh, should we say goodbye and then put them on the final thing? Or sure. No, when should you, do, do you want to do, do, do that? I don't know. What do you guys want to do? Do you want to play another song? I don't song know. You got or? any other ideas for songs? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, how, yeah, like, we have another song uh, prepared. Uh, it's actually, uh, um, it's about the elements. Oh. Oh, like the, the elements, the, like. The chemical elements. Oh, the chemical the periodic 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 elements. like rain and wind and fire. No, yes. Not those kind of elements. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like a box of paints that are mixed to 
Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I want to thank uh, They Might Be Giants for appearing on stage with us under Stormy Skies. Their new album, Here Comes Science, is out. Our new season is out. I want to thank Michael Rayfield for making the whole thing happen. Aaron Sands, the high school science teacher, for writing us that letter. And thank you for listening. And of course, on the on the subject of thanks, gotta say, Radio Lab is funded in part by the uh, Corporation for Public Broadcasting, the Sloan Foundation, and the National Science Foundation. I'm Jad Abumran. Mr. K is not here with me at the moment, but he is always here in spirit, and he says bye too. And we'll catch you in two weeks. There's a lot going on right now. Mounting economic inequality, threats to democracy, environmental disaster, the sour stench of chaos in the air. I'm Brooke Gladstone, host of WNYC's On the Media. Want to understand the reasons and the meanings of the narratives that led us here? And maybe how to head them off at the pass? That's On the Media's specialty. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>